The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. You may have heard me say this a couple of times on the podcast, that a real indicator that I believe of success in a relationship is, can you move a piece of heavy furniture together? If you can, I think that's a sign that you're going to be, you know, in a very happy, healthy relationship. Let's add another level to that. We all know race directing ain't easy. But it's fun. We've talked to Jason Green a million times about the challenges of being a race director. But imagine directing races with your spouse. (laughs) That takes moving a heavy piece of furniture and adding a hundred layers of difficulty to it. Well, there is, excuse me, a husband and wife race director team. They're the brains behind the Ultranaut Racing Races, Yamacraw 50K, the No Business 100. Brian and Shelly Gages are on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome to both of you. Hi. Hey, thanks for having us on, man. It's Nice to finally meet you. I know we, we've been emailing back and forth and you had things come up and I had things come up, but we finally been able to, to make this happen. And before we get into the fun, I just want to say that both Yamacraw and No Business are two races that I've been hearing a lot of things about. And, and, and I don't hear any bad things about them. Everybody who I know who's done them raves about them. Um, and it's it's pretty cool to, to you know, it's, it's not... There's always someone who's going to complain, but there's no one complaining about your races. So uh, there's got to be some secret sauce that we'll hopefully uh, get in this podcast. Oh, we just delete those comments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So before we get into the world of race directing and these incredible races that you put on, who was the first among you to discover the world of ultra racing? and ultra running uh that'd be me i um you know i don't have like this like real unique story behind finding ultra running and trail running um it's pretty similar to a lot of people's um i uh was looking i mean i we had had our first child Mm -hmm. um and it's about a year into that and i had you know started getting the dad bod and stuff and um was you know, I was really looking for a way to not only just get back in shape, but I, I missed um, I missed being competitive mm-hmm. um, with sports. I grew up um, playing competitive sports, you know, in, in grade school and high school and stuff. And um, what was what was cool about running was I didn't even need to find like you didn't have to get a team together. You didn't have to get all your buddies together, you know, to like, hey, let's go play beach volleyball or let's go play, uh, you know, tackle football or anything like that. You, you just really go out and compete against yourself every day. Mm And, um, and I miss that. So like I was trying to get back in shape and, um, I actually, it's funny. There was a guy that I work with, um, who lost quite a bit of weight running and I was like, man, and he, he ran a, like a 5k and he told me what his time was. And I, I was like, I wonder, 
wonder what I could do a 5k in. So I like went out the next day and not in a race right. in, you know, in the backyard or, or not backyard, but in the, actually it, is, it was at work and, um, and ran it. And that's kind of what started this whole thing for running for me. I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy running as a kid, like a lot of us. Um, my dad really wanted me to sign up for cross country when I got to high school. Um, but all my buddies were playing football and uh, I wanted to, so I wanted to play football and I was like, I don't know, probably five, six, not even a hundred pounds my freshman year. So <laughs> you can imagine how, how that went. Uh, and I kind of rode the bench and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked competing and stuff. So when I found running, um, I, I signed up for a half marathon. I trained a bit and then like, just before the race, I got injured. Like, you know, the, and it was that injury that a lot of people get early in their running career. It's that like IT band stuff. Yeah. Yep. And it was, yeah. you know, it seems like a very early on injury that people get as they're getting their strength and stuff, but it, it was enough to like take me out of that race. So in the meantime, I started, um, while I was down, I had time to read and, um, my sister's a naturopath. So we talked about injury stuff and she recommended some shoes to try and all this kind of stuff. And, um, I ended up reading born to run like everybody. Right. Mm, and yeah. that was how I even discovered the sport. And, um, it just kind of opened my eyes. And I think like immediately when I was healthy, the first thing I did was go out to our local, like one of our local trails and um, didn't even, you know, didn't have trail shoes or anything. Just like, I'm going to go try this out. And I think it was like kind of this time of year, um, like early January and um, it was muddy and so, but it was awesome. It was a blast. And just like everybody else, like that, there's so there's something so different about running on the road. I really never went back to road after that. Of course, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll do some training here and there on road, but yeah, like, no interest really in doing anything on the road like race wise so um and that's kind of the story behind how i got into this sport so many people yeah you you share a story brian that so many people had you can either take born to run or ultra marathon man and plunk that into so many people's stories uh shelly at some point, you, you just gave birth to your first kid. You have five, by the way. Um, we're hoping they're going to stay asleep the whole time because they're five young ones. They're not high school kids. Right. They're five little ones. We're hoping they stay awake the whole or asleep the whole time this interview goes on. But if, if they don't, it's okay. You guys can go be parents if you have to. Uh, we can always pause. But Shelly, as you, know, you had, had your first child, Brian's got the dad bod going on. You know, he's starting to look like a dad, having that middle-aged spread go on. And he finds running... What were you doing in all of this besides raising your first child? I mean, really just, yeah, being a mom, especially with the first kid was, you know, all consuming in the uh-huh. early days. But um, just doing what I could to support Brian, because he went from a 5K to a 50K. He kind of... <laughs> Skipped went a lot from of one or the other right, and right. flew out to Montana and did his first 50 K and came back and was like, this is what I want to do. And, um, but I really understand where it comes from. Cause I swam in high school and yeah. college and, um, completely different scenery, but the headspace I feel like is 
really the same. It's cathartic. It's you've got that introspectiveness and um, <clears throat> I, was, I was glad he found it because that's something hard to explain to other people. And when someone else gets that, um, you know, definitely there to support him. It's a healthy habit. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. The, the dad bod starts melting away <laughs> and, you, and you see this Brian that you knew uh, before you guys had kids. When did you decide to kind of uh, join Brian out on the trails and and get into the world of running really i'm still not running we enjoy the outdoors as a family mm-hmm. we hike and you know we've taken three because the last two are twins but um we've taken the three of them on a six seven mile hike before and um you know it's a lot for little kids but oh, yeah you know we enjoy taking them out for short or long hikes um i did try the running thing but i really just it's not for me. That's okay. I'll go back to the pool anytime. That's okay. Um, but I'll, I, I love the outdoors. I, you mm-hmm. know, show me a trail. I'm happy to go down it, you know, and that's um, something that we both enjoy is the beauty of where we live in East Tennessee. Yeah. And that kind of segues into the races and why we do them too. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, please like do. When she yeah. says she was a swimmer, like, I'm gonna brag on her. She was like a really good swimmer, uh, like like state champion. And oh wow! Scholarship to UT to University of Tennessee type of swimmer. So oh um, oh, hang on, Shelly. Let's just let's just backtrack a second. You passed it over all nonchalant. Like yeah, I was a swimmer. <laughs> you know, I, I dabbled in the pool. <laughs> little did oh, we little. know you were swimming for for the University of Tennessee. That's that. That's kind of a big deal. And, and you were doing the the like, I don't know if you considered ultra distance, but it was like yeah, long I, distance, the longest distance you could do at that er, in high school, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, the mile was one of my events, which yeah. I mean, I guess is considered an ultra kind of almost right. <laughs> on the track um, team, in swimming yeah. circles. It's yeah. um, but yeah, I, I, it was it was you know more than a full time job in the pool even through high school. Um, so yeah, I get the hours and I get the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely there for Brian when it comes to the time and the effort that goes into being out there and even putting on the races. What well, is cool that you bring the whole family in and I don't know how you handle twins, man. I remember taking one baby home. I can't imagine two, you know, two little things that constantly need you. That that's a that's a whole lot of work. That's incredible. And then you throw race directing, uh, race directing and all that other stuff on top of that. But so you guys live in the Knoxville area uh, as well, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yep. Nice. I, and I've been here. I'm originally from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up there, but moved here when I was like 16. My dad just transferred with work, you know. Yeah, and really been here ever since. I I did go to um, I finished uh, my college at Middle Tennessee State and was there for a few years. And then um, when I graduated, my folks were back in Cincinnati, and I was like tempted to move back home, but uh, I found a job in Knoxville right away. Like a friend of mine in high school. Um, yeah knew about something and and let me know. And so I was like, I had a job about a month out of college, which was pretty sweet, you know, because like there for a minute, I'm like, well, am I going to be working at Home Depot for a while? Right. And, you know, you know, but I found a job and um, and I'm like, I'm not working with the same company, but I uh, kind of am because I 
I was like a subcontractor to the Oak Ridge National Lab out here. And then oh, wow. eventually got hired on. So I've been with the lab for like 15 years. So Oh, that's really but, but cool. I, well, Knoxville, I guess I've been here since I was 16 and I'm 43. So now I would, I've lived here longer. So I would definitely call Knoxville home. Oh, for sure. When did you stumble upon this, this swimmer that stole your heart? <laughs> uh, how old, I don't know. It was... 2005, six, something like that. About yeah, 2006. And okay. do you want to tell the story? Or do you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, you, there used to be this website called MySpace. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, the funny story is so, like I said, I grew up in Cincinnati. Shelly's actually an Aussie, she, she's from Australia, but she moved here. When, how old were you? I was 10 and we lived in Massachusetts for a while. And then we moved to Cincinnati when I was in high school. So, but, yeah. 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 So, but we weren't, we were there for about a year of overlap. Um, so I went to high school in Cincinnati and then came to Knoxville to go to UT for swimming. And I just stayed. I loved it here. Mm-hmm. My parents kept moving. So I was like, you guys do your thing. I'm going to stay put. I love it here. Um so I guess I'll take over the story. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, MySpace was really new and mm-hmm. you could meet, you could find people um, from high school. So I was kind of looking for old connections from high school. And I saw this guy from Knoxville who was from Cincinnati and just sh- shot out a message like, hey, I see you're from Cincinnati. You know, I'm from there, too, but I live in Knoxville as well. And. I guess from there we just started talking and the rest is history wow. five years later and <laughs> a myspace romance uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> brian had two friends at the time tom who was everybody's friend remember him yeah. and then you that was that was his yeah. followers on myspace that's awesome you know it's interesting too shelly moving from australia at age 10 to the states and living in cincinnati you've completely massachusetts cincinnati You've completely lost your accent, completely. Oh, I lost it in the first six months we lived here. And I actually went to work for a big national firm in, I was about 22. And we would travel every three months for a national convention. And every time I went to one, they would say, you have the sweetest Southern accent. You're so cute. (laughs) And I'm like, I've only been here four years. And, uh... Oh, it gets on you quick. I, I, I don't know. I think <laughs> if does. I lived in Germany for a year, I'd come back with a German accent. <laughs> well, I can remember I had I had moved down here. My uh, it was my junior year of high school, and I'd only been here. It was so like it was still football season, so I'd only been in school in Knoxville for like two or three months, and I went back to visit my buddies in Cincinnati, and everybody was like. Man, you you've already picked up a southern accent. It was so quick, but it was funny too because like down here in high school, especially that first year, they were they were joking about my my northern accent. Yeah, I guess I'd say like tacos, tacos, and <laughs> la- like for your locker, you know, I'd say lacquer right. and stuff. So I definitely I definitely got it from both ends when I when I went home and then being here in Knoxville. But now I've pretty much got that southern accent. Oh, it, it sneaks up on you. Uh, yeah, it does. Do you remember the first time both of you said fixin' to? Have you never said, said it. you've never said Unless fixin' to? I, mm, that's a hard 
Shelly fights. I, she fights those <laughs> like. I do say y'all, and I yeah, promised okay. myself I never would, but I feel like to be understood sometimes you have to say it. Because if you say you to a group of people, even though you can be plural, they only, they're like, which one of us are you talking to? So you have to say y'all to express, okay, I am talking to all of you. Um, so some of them I, I really have a kind of trying to draw a line. Um, right. But I'll use it if I know I need to use it to be understood. Use that, y'all. You got to work fixing, fixing oh. too. You got to work that in. You're officially Southern if you say fixing too. Yeah. Oh, I'm fixing to go yeah. to the store. You got to, you got to work that in somehow. You've got to be a great disappointment to your grandparents, Shelly, where they're like, we don't, she doesn't even talk like us anymore. She goes to America <laughs> for 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 a couple of years. Next thing you know, she sounds like she's from Cincinnati. So all of that. What a journey to get where you are now. You obviously seem to like each other. You have five kids. Um, <laughs> you go, you're either both great at faking it or you've got a great relationship with an incredible bond. At some moment, you know, you're supporting Brian Shelley through his, his running and he's getting more involved with it. And he goes out to Montana, does a great race and finds this, this, this tribe, finds this interesting group of people that he's, he's finding joy with. At some point, he comes to you and says, you know, not only do I love running, why don't, you know what, you and I should start directing races. What do you think of that? How did that all go down? It wasn't so much like that. It was more, I think I want to put on a race. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, <clears throat> great. Put on a race. <laughs> this is like, here, you do, you do it. <laughs> right, right. And then it ended up being... And it is a partnership, but I do think it's 90% Brian. I feel like I'm the same. He's shaking board. his head, by the way. <laughs> and then when the race is on the month before, the month after, it's, you know, it's more 50 50 because I have a lot to do. But he really takes care of so much. Um, but he said, I want to do this. And I said, okay, you figure it out. And he figured it out and came back. And I'm, you know, He's ended up with a great support team locally for both races um, <clears throat> that, you know, just being sometimes agreeing, sometimes playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. in the planning process has really been my biggest role because it really is his vision. He wanted to to bring people to a place that he loved. And he can tell you the story of that. Yeah. But to to share it and to bring people um and show off what this area had to offer and uh you know my support was the best thing that i could give him yeah. and really he wanted to make it not only just to bring people he wasn't like oh, i want to show this off he could have done a tour company right, or something right, right, but yeah. involve the running and involve people but also make it first class make it mm -hmm. something people just enjoyed from top to bottom, no matter what kind of trail runner they were, if they were competitive or if they wanted to walk around and take pictures of flowers and enjoy the scenery, like every aspect, it, it, you know, he was like, I want it to be the best. And that's what he strives for. And that's, I think my role, the biggest role is saying, is that fulfilling your, you know, mantra, your goals and, mm -hmm you know, let's keep going in the direction you want to go in. 
Interesting, yeah. because well, Shelly, when you were talking, you said that it's ninety percent Brian. Um, as as and then he's shaking his head. No, you've had some success. Let's be honest. Like I said earlier, I I, I wasn't blowing smoke up your ass. I <clears throat> I have heard nothing but rave reviews of your two races. And so when people were like, oh, you've got to interview the gauges, you got to interview them. And I, I was looking through and, and seeing, I'm like, how do you, how do you start? How do you, how do you not have the growing pains that so many race directors do? You, you, there's a lot of first year races and now you're, you've seen some success. You've had multiple years uh, of, of both of your races, but there's a lot of first year races that they they fuck it up so bad because like oh I could do this and then it never yeah. happens again. Do you yeah. think Brian that Shelly being outside of the sport and I don't mean that in a negative way I mean that as you're a swimmer you're a mom you've got your world you you're able to is she able to look at the trail running world from kind of an outside perspective and maybe give you a different set of eyes on things and a different way of looking at things that maybe you wouldn't have thought before because you're too close to the subject matter? Yeah, I think so. But I, and, and I also think like I was so new to it. Like I kind of jumped in right away. Like, I mean, you can, you can look at my ultra sign up and there's like maybe four races or five races <laughs> yeah. on there. I don't, I haven't raced a lot. Um, I, I think part of that's um, I'm a bit, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit over competitive. I don't, I don't like to lose. And, um, and I'm not like, I've never like at anything I've done, I've never been like the, like the, the best at it, yeah. but I, I hustle and I work hard and, um, and I'm always striving to, to do my best. So, um, I, I guess like being new to it, it kind of, I don't know, it, it, it I didn't have like this model that I was following from all these other races, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had, there were certainly races out there that I had heard of or seen or watched documentaries on. And there were race directors out there that I saw that I wanted to kind of emulate, mm -hmm. um, you know, and those are people, you know, like, like Randy Wharton and down in Chattanooga. Yes, and yeah. um, of course, like races like Western and, and um, hard rock um, guys like James Varner out on the Pacific, um, like up in Washington. Yeah. Rain shadow running. Yeah. 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 Like I, I saw what they were doing and like, I wanted to, to put on races of that quality, you know, like, um, but I hadn't been to any of their events and I actually, I haven't run any of their events yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I saw what they were doing and I listened to, to them talk on podcasts or read, you know, articles and stuff. So I got some inspiration there and, um, and I actually, Randy's a great one. Cause like my first year of Yamakra, I, I didn't, you're right. I didn't know what I was doing. And I can remember, like, I, I asked him if I could call him up and talk to him about, I had some questions and man, the guy gave me like an hour and a half of his time mm -hmm. on a phone call. Yeah. It, just asking him all kinds of questions. Like, well, how much water do, how do you calculate water? And like all these questions that I had no idea I'm freaking out about. Like, I, I don't want people to get out there, you know, and not have water. Right. Like, you know, it's scary. So um, I definitely leaned on some people. Um, I had actually, I had also um, helped um, with, with a couple other events um, with trail races and stuff. And I saw the other side of it too, like the side yeah. you were kind of explaining, you know? Yeah. And, 
I wanted to do, I wanted to do it better. Like I, I saw some things that I knew if I was running the race, I would be disappointed. Um, and so, so when I decided to, to start putting on events, I, I didn't want to cut corners. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want people to get lost out there. So, yeah. you know, I, I spent a lot of time on, on course marking stuff and I want the experience to be awesome. So I, you know, I invested in the rate and I, and, and like any business getting started, you're going to have those first couple of years are hard. I mean, you're having to yeah. invest in a lot, like put a lot of your money and a lot of your time into things. And it's hard to get, um, volunteers on board, although that hasn't been a huge issue we've seen. Like it's always scary, especially with the hundred miler, because yes, we've got like fifteen aid stations because it's it's pretty much. I mean, it's a loop, so it's like pretty much point to point, and that's a lot of people to recruit. Yes, you know, and the first year, and you're asking folks that. Of course, we have folks that are used to doing hundreds or volunteering at hundreds, but then we were asking the community to come out and help as well. And mm -hmm. it's like, what you're going to have people out there for, you know, 30 hours in, in these woods and stuff. And <laughs> so, um, it took some convincing, but, um, but yeah, I'm a bit anal, I would say about things like, uh, I, I just, I want to do things top notch and I know that that's the way to, to get people. Well, I knew that if I brought people out to this, particular area where I'm putting events on, um, they would fall in love with the area. So that part yeah. wasn't hard. That was, that part was easy to sell. Like I show them where they're going to be running that first year and, um, people signed up, but you know, if it was a bad experience, uh, they wouldn't come back and then they spread the word and tell people. So yeah, you're, you're so right. And I, I really believe that successful races will have two things. You have to have these two things, a great course and, and, it, and, and a great course can mean a lot of things, right? Yeah. A great course does not have to mean that you're running, you know, the steepest mountain pass right. or whatever, you know, it's gotta be something that someone can, can enjoy and just kind of be out in nature and it's well-marked and it's, you know, it's, it's an enjoyable experience, but that experience too, having that great experience of when I went to aid stations, the volunteers were happy that I was there and they were ready to help. And, you know, they had the things that I was looking for and that sort of thing, or even like the finish line experience. I think that's such a, such a wonderful thing that sometimes, you know, those big finish line experiences where there's people cheering is awesome, but sometimes those low key a finish line experience where everyone's just kind of hanging around and having a beer and eating a burger and just seeing like, all right, good job. Come over and have a, have a beer. It's just having, having those two things. And I think you've, you definitely have that with your courses. You've got some really those, I mean, Yamacraw, beautiful, the no business. I mean, people I've, I've looked through pictures and pictures and pictures of those courses. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, both in Kentucky, by the way, um, an underrated state when it comes to, uh, to trail and ultra running. Um, how did you, a Cincinnati boy living in Knoxville, married to an Australian, doesn't talk like an Australian who swam for the University of Tennessee. How did you find these two great places? Because well, some of the courses shared between those two races. How yeah. did you find this area of Kentucky that would mean so much to you that you'd want to share with everybody else? Yeah, so that area is um, 
the Big South Fork National mm-hmm. Recreation River and Recreation Area. Um, and it, it also butts up with um, Daniel Boone National Forest. And then there's some state parks um, there as well. In fact, um, no business actually starts in Tennessee at Pickett State Park mm-hmm. and, and then takes you up into Kentucky um, all, along some of the Yamacraw course and then brings you back down. Um, I found it uh, so when I was growing up in Cincinnati, um, my my dad and his brothers, so my uncles, we would take trips on the Little Miami River um, canoeing, mm-hmm. you know, and just spend the weekend doing that. And and I loved it as a kid. I, it was just so much fun, you know, and we camp and stuff. So um, I guess I was in I was in college and I kind of remembered that experience. I was like, man. I really want to do that again. And, you know, I, I had my college buddies and stuff and we, uh, we, we talked about it and I was in Murfreesboro at the time. And, um, we found, we, I did some searching for like, um, you know, rafting and canoe trips and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. um, there, and there's some stuff definitely around like, uh, near the Nashville area and stuff, but we found some, um, stuff on the big South fork and, um, we decided to take a trip there one time and um, it was just awesome. Like the scenery was amazing. Um, the rock formations, the river was fantastic. Um, it was just, it was just such a good time. I mean, you got bald eagles flying over and so mm-hmm. it was, it was amazing. And um, so we started making it like a yearly trip and going back, you know, year after year. In fact, that's where I did my bachelor party. Um, I got yeah, I got all my friends together and we did like a, a two day trip on the river and, and camped and stuff. And I mean, it was exactly what I like doing. So yeah. it's what I wanted to do. I didn't, you know, there's other things people do for bachelor parties. I, I didn't want to do any of that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it was, um, you know, going to the big South fork and, um, it definitely became a place that I fell in love with. And when I decided to put on a race, um, I mean, there was nothing going on there. There was, yeah. you know, and very few people knew about the area and the ones that did, didn't want to tell people about it. Cause <laughs> there, there's, there's things you'll see in the big South fork that if they were in the Smokies, you would, you'd have to wait in lines forever to go see them like mm-hmm. arches and rock waterfalls. formation waterfalls mm-hmm. and stuff that it's just it's like this secret like sweet place that um not a lot of people knew about so and i, I kind of i don't know blew the lid I blew off the, that. yeah i blew the lid <laughs> off that and you know i wanted to bring people to the area well and there's a big part of that too because like the area um especially on the Kentucky side is, is pretty impoverished. Like mm-hmm. um, McCreary County where we put on Yamacraw and no business goes through there as well. I, I mean, for every year, they're like top one, two or three in you know, poorest counties in the country. Mm-hmm. So, and as I was like, as I met folks there and stuff, and, and built some relationships with people like that, that became even a bigger thing. Like how can we bring all these people to this area to help the local economy? You know, right. and if I could put on, if, if I could put on a race like every month 
to keep the you know hotels filled and so i would do it but it's you know for five kids it's, it's a lot of work yeah but um but i also wanted to do like i wanted to keep them special so it, it's a reason why like i didn't very little of the yamacron no business course overlap some of it you have to overlap but um because i really wanted to do like a full loop course something yeah. about like hard a hard rock type race to me on the east coast mm-hmm. um was awesome and um and I had that opportunity with no business in the trails there. So I, you know, I went for it. In fact, like you were saying, there's all kinds of races you can, you can do, right. You were saying like, you don't have to have like the hardest, all the clients. Some of those races are kind of, kind of contrived anyway. Like I didn't want to do that. I really right. wanted to take people on a journey to see all of the nature, <laughs> all of the, you know, what is out there in yeah. the big South Fork. So I, there were landmarks on the course that I was like, I got to get people to see, you know, the twin arches and I got to get people to blue heron and I got to get people um, to, to these spots on the course. So um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of how I, I started putting on races there. I like, I fell in love with the area and wanted to introduce people to the area. So, um, I was like, why not give it a try? I, I love what you talk about the community too. And, and you know, so many, so many times, you know, people go in and exploit a community just to make a buck. And then you never, they have, that's, they have no connection with that community. And I think building those relationships and, and bringing people to those communities and hopefully, you know, people will start to go there more often and it'll it'll bring some some uh, some tourism dollars and some success to an area that a beautiful part of the country that maybe you're right because it is so in an impoverished area it's not as glamorous as pigeon forge there's yeah. a lot of money in gatlinburg and pigeon forge good lord yeah. there's a lot of money it's all over the side of the mountains you can rent a cabin of all <laughs> that money uh, anytime you want but it doesn't have that it's got that 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 luster and shine on it where the big South Fork doesn't have that luster and shine on it. There's not a dinner theater and a million flapjack places and, you know, casinos and that sort of thing. It's this it's this raw, beautiful, untamed area, a part of the country that it, it was so ripe for races. It just took you with your four <laughs> ultra sign-up results to, 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 to make it happen. And by the way, I, I think, you know... We can't define ourselves as runners by our our online race results. You know, I, I met a guy not too long ago who gets so anxious at races he doesn't race. He runs trails all the time, runs you know long distances. Will go fifty k, sixty miles, whatever. He just doesn't race because it's too much anxiety. So he just likes to spend his time in the woods. And I bet you if that guy lined up at a race, he'd probably clobber a lot of people. But that's just not what he's looking for. That's not his his goal um when it comes to his running so you kind of got into it quick and then saw an avenue where you could you know go a little differently and start race directoring uh and and so what a cool story what a great way to find these great races yamakra by the way is in may it is sold out so mm-hmm. sorry folks if you want to you're gonna have to wait till 2023 to do it because it is sold out uh no business that's in october Oh, it's sold yeah. out as well. It's sold out. All right. Well, let's end this. We get no. I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't. I can't help you, anybody. I can't help you promote any races. That's fantastic. How cool is it to have these things? I'm, I'm sure it's like a baby, right? It's kind of like when I 
put a podcast out and I'm like, oh, is anyone going to listen? And then I start seeing people go like, I see the numbers go up and I'm like, oh, people are listening. It has to be pretty damn cool for you to sell out a race 10 months in advance. It is. It is. And uh, kudos to Brian. I, the work that he puts into all the online stuff, he's a web person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a MySpace page. So there's not really one great description, but you know, he's designed all the websites and does all the digital marketing and all the online presence. Um, and everything he brings to everybody to prepare them for the races and then the experience that we both try to ensure that they have while they're there. You know, I think at this point, there are so many people who are word of mouth or returnees that Mm -hmm. it's, it's so overwhelming, like such a sense of gratitude when that registration opens and we see these names pop up and we're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember him. I remember her. Oh, they're coming back. And we'll even kind of catch each other. Like, Hey, did you see so-and-so signed up or they're coming back this year? And, um, you know, it's so exciting. Um, and it renews that, you know, months after the event for the next event. Right. Even. Right. Yeah. Because I, I, I have to admit there, there's times <laughs> direct race directing is probably very similar to actually running an ultra like there's there's all the planning ahead of time and then the week comes and it's just like you're you're putting out fire after fire after fire right like something goes wrong like oh god you know somebody tampered with the course markings so you like and i can't have that so like i drive i've got to drive out there and i've got to run out to the spot and find out what's going on and fix it and but it's like that all weekend you're like putting out these fire and even like before you get to that point you know all the the trail work you do and all the you know the the week of course marking um there there's and it's exhausting and there's times where you're like man you know this like there's times where i get home you know i've been out doing trail marking or trail work and i've been out there all day um and it's two hour drive. So I get home that night and I know I've got to get up the next morning and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, why do I do this? Like what? It, like, am I like, yeah. But then the race comes and especially at the end, like, especially when you have people finishing um, and, and especially when it's people that you've made connections with um, and it can just be connections that day or, you know, that for that event, that, yeah. that week. But especially when you make these long-term connections with people and you see them accomplish something like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like the best, it's the best part of it. And it's, I don't know if that's selfish in a way to like, um, well, no, that is the reward it is for reward. us. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, I mean, everything you know people saying nice things about the race but standing at that finish line people that you've seen at five aid stations Mm -hmm. or people that you met for the first time when they checked in or people we've known from yamacraw days Mm -hmm. so you know back seven years um who've come out and maybe dnf'd or this is their first try because they've done yamacron coming out you know people we know their stories people we don't and just the expression on a person's face after that 
I mean, it's it's a feat to run 100 miles. It you know, I think you get a little numb to it. Uh, yeah. Being an ultra runner, it's not such a big but you you know, you maybe tell a story outside and it's like, wait, you're talking about someone running 100 miles. People still look at you cross that because it is it's it's this amazing feat. Um, and just the emotion and the that's yeah, the I would thing- have to say that's like a 100 percent the best part of it is the people at the finish and not even the ones who cross the finish, the people who are driven back, the people who we drive back, mm-hmm. the conversations that we have for people who dropped or family members who we give a ride there's you know that whole human experience part of it yeah is the most rewarding thing yeah well you you bring up the the finish line and people conquering things and and and, you know doing something they never thought they could do before and just having that experience and, and that being the reward for all the hard work this past year you had a woman named Lindsay sexton who who i interviewed uh it's, it's a past episode um she finished no business was one of the last finishers but she was a woman who conquered breast cancer six months yeah before i think it was eight weeks oh, oh yeah you're, you're yes you're right eight weeks before eight weeks. uh no business and to see like as a race director as someone who's putting your heart and soul into this and you're putting all these hours marking the course what was it like to see someone conquer that and to achieve a moment like that, like Lindsay, who who was able to do something that people probably thought would never in a million years be able to happen. And it's your race. It's your your course you designed. And they're having that moment at the finish line of your race. I don't. Well, I, it's funny because I actually got a call that I needed to go and run out to the second to last aid station, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, grab some stuff and pick up a runner. So, um, you know, just go out there and check on things. And as I'm driving out there, I see Lindsay. So I roll down the windows. I'm driving our huge sprinter ran. Yeah. She probably has no clue. And I'm like, come on, girl, you're almost there. You can do it. I have to see you finish this thing. I'm just screaming at her to, to like finish. And I'm sorry. Like, that's the first cry I had of the whole weekend. I'd seen some finishers come through. No big deal. I'm seeing her. She's so close. She's in between the, she's, uh, let's see, on her way to the second to last aid station. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's just, I know she's good. She can do it, but she's got a shuffle on. And I know I just, I'm like, come on. So I'm driving with her yelling at her until I have to turn off just that yeah. whole way. And um, that was my first cry. And then I'm driving a guy back and he's talking about, oh, I'm coming back. I'm from California. My friend brought me out here. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. You know, I still got a little bit of cry there and I get back to the finish line. And then it it's it starts kind of the people we know are finished. I don't think I stopped crying from the moment I saw Lindsay on the course mm-hmm. to the moment the last person finished kind of right at what 35 hours this is i was a mess this year (laughs) and some of you know her her group she's pretty local to the race Mm -hmm. so her training group her support group as far as runners go are good good friends and great people and you know so they're all there there's so much family there's pink balloons everywhere it 
it was amazing. And then, so the story, you know, it was just Lindsay because she left the starting line at the beginning of the race. And then as the day progresses and her kind of family and friends are standing around and they start putting up balloons, it's like, what is all this? And the story yeah. kind of bubbles and ebbs out from the crowd. And so people, you know, the whole crowd sitting there encouraging sure, yeah. the finishers, like seeing her come in, it was amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And well, and I'll tell you what's, what's cool. Like I, I listened to your interview with her. So that brought back a lot of feelings and mm-hmm. stuff too. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's one of these things. It's one of the, like, it's why we, I, it's why I think we do these races is um, it's, it's for those moments. It's to see people take on these challenging things that we all need in life. Um, and, I don't, it's hard to just put into words. Like it's it, the cool thing was she signed up for this year. Like she's coming back to, to run it again um, and, and get the, the double buckle. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many stories like that. Not so many, just like hers, obviously, right. but there's so many stories that are just like touching and like, yeah. it's it's just a testament to the human mind and body mm-hmm. and spirit and then like to see it in the flesh in front of you is it's amazing it, it, it like that in itself is somewhat you know yeah spiritual you yeah. know and people coming together over something like that it's you know it's amazing like i can't think of it just you know you're awestruck for an entire weekend so the no business 100 you, you you took another kind of idea from hard rock it runs one direction one year and another direction the other year and if you finish both years you get a special buckle right yeah yeah which is a really cool idea i like that yeah i mean i i just like it's kind of a cool accomplishment to come back and, and do it the other direction so i thought oh, you should honor people that you know come back and what's tough is um you know, there's, there's folks that'll do it the first year and then they end up like getting injured when they were planning to come. So then they got to skip a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if they, they come back year three, they would be doing it the same direction right. as year one. So, um, they gotta be dedicated, you know, if, <laughs> if they miss that second year. Um, and we kind of got them on the hook a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now you've got two successful races. Um, I know one of the weekends, the many weekends we were chatting, um, cause we've, we dragged out this interview because of various, uh, it's wrestling season for my son. You've got kids and we've had to move things back, but you told me that you had a phone call from Hoka not oh, too yeah, long yeah. ago. And as I was looking at the Yamacraw website, that race is now sponsored by Hoka. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, actually, we we connected with Hoka through um, Cumberland Transit, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic, like, it's the outdoor store that you, that every city deserves. Yeah. Like, they've got it all, you know. And, and what's great about them, too, is they, um, they really are – like they're dedicated to our sport too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these outdoor stores, you know, they got their mountain biking, they got their, um, their paddling and they got your hiker stuff. And that's, that's about it. You don't, but man, Cumberland Trans- Transit is fantastic. They've got, they've got, 
everything that a trail runner would want to right. Uh, and part of that's because of Jason, you know, he's the GM there and he's a trail runner. Uh, I don't know if you know about Jason's story and he he ran no business. He ran both directions of no business last year in one push. Wow. Um, yeah. So we and we you'll have to see the documentary. I don't know if it's public yet. We showed it at no business uh, pre-race last mm-hmm. year or this past year. Yeah. And it's really well done. He attempted it last year and didn't finish. He got 170 miles in and uh, and ended up dropping. But he came back this year and, and knocked it out. And it was so inspiring. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so that's, that is how we kind of got hooked up with Hoka. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I have to say, I've worked with um, uh, other shoe sponsors before, but n- there's there's nobody I've worked with like hoka um they want to see us succeed um and they like on a personal level like their people are dedicated to they 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 come out and they and they're present and excited yeah yeah engaging and not about just hoka because they are all about hoka and they are full-on behind their brand but it's because their brand is such a great culture and company, but they're full on engaged with runners, with the race, with the community. Yeah. And it's, it, it's not kind of just to show up to be a face. They're, they're in it. They're yeah. in the trenches. They're, you know, they're there to support us a hundred percent and just their people are amazing too. So it's a, amazing. Yeah. yeah and and we, we had a call so they had shown some interest in wanting to, to be more like have more involvement with the race. Yeah. Um, which is amazing to hear, you know, like when you're, when you're starting these races and you see all these big races out there and they're sponsored by Hoka and you know, all these brands yeah. that, that we love, right. That, that we, mm-hmm. we talk about, we wear their apparel, we, we use their gear. Um, that's that's kind of one of the goals as a race director not all race directors but it was one of my goals i mean i wanted i wanted like i said to put on a first rate event and it meant bringing on some of those brands that um that we all have come to love to so that they can show that they do truly support the sport as well and and hoka is one of those brands like they're one of those companies that they are about um about this sport and, and the people and the community. And um, so um, we, we had a conversation, I guess, last week about, about no business and like, they're, they're really committed to, I mean, they, they want to like financially support us yeah. more than just, you know, and, and that, that's pretty awesome. Like they, it, it allows us to do a lot of things. Um, it hopefully, I think the biggest area where we need to grow is like exposure right um it's yeah. funny because you hear that in your way but brian you guys sell out right like and no one can get into your races brian you're all yeah. sold out yeah but i think our our goal and i don't want it to necessarily be hard for people to get i don't like but i've been told like there were some folks that ran the first year that i think they came from like um illinois yeah and they were like this race in a couple of years, we'll have a lottery and it's going to be like sought out yeah. all over the country. And, and that's like, 
that's what I want. I mean, I really do want that. And I know, but I know there's probably local folks that want to run the race too. That are like, no, keep it quiet. You know, right, like, right. you know, same like with the big South Fork area, but right. I want people to, I want people to find this area and, uh, and it's happening. And for Hoka to get behind us um, and back us, especially somewhat, I mean, definitely financially, like, and, and they're going to back us in other ways too, but like it allows us to do some things um, that we probably wouldn't be able to do before. Like we, I really want to put together like a nice promotional video for the race right. to get yeah. the word out, you know, and that's the thing. Like I do want to, I think exposure, especially with no business, because I would like to see this race be uh, uh, named up it, up there in one of the top hundred milers in the country. Well, you are a Western States qualifier. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That'd be a cool, cool conversation to have. Like, Hey, uh, Hey, Brian and Shelly, we'd love you to be a Western States qualifier. That's gotta be a cool little conversation. Yeah. But why can't no business be Western States on the East? Why can't Western be a no business qualifier? Oh, I, I see it's what you did there. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, not, not that that's tomorrow or next, next year, but, right. you know, build it to something that, you know, we don't want to make it hard to get into or impossible to get into. Um, <clears throat> but with everything that they have going on, you know, they've built a brand and built right. a community and that's where we want to go the direction that we're pushing for. Yeah. It must be nice to have like a waiting list for your volunteers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's where you're going next. Cause you know, yeah. you already got a waiting list to get into the race. You're going to have a waiting list for your volunteers before you know it. Okay. You don't have to split the, or spill the beans to the podcast guy. I want to apologize, by the way. I'm kind of battling a head cold, so I got a little bit of fog in my noodle. I think I said race directoring or something a couple times. You said a couple times. Yeah, I've said a couple times. I've race directoring. Um, so, yeah, so race directing. Um, I I've, I've threw extra syllables in there. My apologies. Um, but you don't have to tell me, but you've got two successful races. I have a feeling because there's a big space of time between your races. You got May, <laughs> you got October. Is there something else you're working on to add to your 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 slate of races, Brian and Shelley? I'll say there's a hundred things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we we have we had picked up a little race a while ago, and that's kind of ling. There's it's it's hard because we are, and I know Brian is especially. There's an expectation he sets for himself and the race that's going to be, or the next one that could potentially be. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about a lot of scenarios. We definitely want to put on another race, mm-hmm. but we want it. It doesn't have to feel like Yamakura. It doesn't have to feel like no business, but it has to be as good in its own right. Yeah. And not just for the sake of we want to put on another race right? Well, um, because I'd be happy with just two, but I feel like we've got more to offer and this area has more to offer. And I know Brian has a million ideas and um, I think mostly, you know, the last couple of years were just 
craziness in a bucket that (laughs) that put everything we didn't even talk about anything any courses any races really any areas because it just wasn't the time but now we're moving forward again you know we're we're talking and talking and talking but it is it's it's that recipe or perfect storm that he i think we're trying to find we're trying to talk through yeah i mean the when we were talking earlier about what a good race needs the number one is the course so yeah trying to find that that right course um i i don't know how much i want to talk about because there's there's a lot of folks out there trying to get into the game and you know, uh, okay you don't have to spoil but, i don't want to wreck it for you you can just no, say no, no, we're no. working it's, on it's things okay. i i mean i would i would certainly the the race we were putting the little race we we're putting on um that has kind of been put on hold because of COVID and stuff um, was on the Cumberland trail up in the La Follette area. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool, gnarly section of the Cumberland trail. Um, very scenic, very challenging. Um, and it's, it's got like, it's got a lot to offer. Um, there, there's some, um, there's a section on the, that course though, that is dealing with some erosion issues. That's part of the reason I'm like hesitant to put, to, to put a lot of people on there right now. Right. Um, it, there's a spot that just so many locals go to and it's just causing some problems, but, but no, I love that Cumberland trail. And uh, I think I would like to see a big race on the Cumberland trail. I know Randy has similar thoughts, right. Um, you know, maybe that's something that, that we talk about teaming up with. Um, I've, I've talked to John Harden a bit about teaming up and doing some stuff too. Um, we, we both have, he's got some ideas. I've got some ideas. Um, it's just a matter of finding the time to do it. Um, I personally, I would like to bring people to Knoxville. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Nashville's got a race in the city. Uh, Chattanooga's got race, in the city, I mean, they got trails right, right there too. But uh, we've got some. I mean, it's not the mountains um, in in Knoxville, like urban Knoxville, but we've right. got some great urban trail systems. That luckily, the, the mountain bike club here, the Appalachian Mountain Bike Club, I mean, they are phenomenal. It's you're it's they're amazing. To, yeah, they're they're amazing. They built some amazing trails in this city, and I don't think. I mean, it's got to be the destination on the East Coast for mountain biking, um, what, what those folks have done. And, and of course, we can take advantage of that, too. Right. Um, uh, and, and I would like to see I really would like to see some kind of big ultra here. I don't not like we're probably not going to get 100 miles out of anything, but something that brings people yeah. to the area. I mean, it, there's. Knoxville is a cool town. I mean, there's there's lots of places to stay and and go out and and uh, eat and drink and um, that that's part of the hard thing with some of these events in uh, you know the more rural areas. Like you don't have the parking, you don't have the amenities, you don't you don't have that kind of stuff. Right, and, and that's not what everybody's looking for either. You know, some people they want to just go camp and come back to their campsite after uh and you know have a beer and 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 enjoy talking about their race with their friends and stuff but i think it would be cool to bring people to knoxville and and put on like a a big city 
type ultra on the trails here that would be a lot of fun and i love the race directors that you mentioned you're you're talking to uh john harden who is a great guy i love john harden um randy wharton who's fantastic just people that it's it's uh, their love of the trail and the love of their communities that they do the things that they do uh you know much like you guys the love of an area you know discovering this going how can i how can i show this to other people I think you're in you're in it for the for the right reasons. Um, before we go, um, oh, can I throw in yeah, to, yeah, yeah, um, Jenny and Franklin Baker? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They put on the Georgia Jewel, and mm-hmm. like we swap out every year. They they'll work an aid station for us. We work an aid station for them. They're they're fantastic folks as well, and like they're the kind of people that that I like as race directors that that I want to see more race directors like them. Yeah, all you mentioned all great names, all wonderful people that people should uh, feel, you feel very comfortable. I I feel very comfortable about recommending races from all of those people. Like if if you, if you get John Harden race, if you're doing John Harden race, it's gonna be a great race. A Randy Wharton race is gonna be a great race. Uh, Jenny and Franklin Baker, the, the, what they've done with the with the Georgia Jewel is it, is fantastic. That's something you'd just be proud of and, and something you can do um, and feel really good about those races because they're done by really wonderful people. Um, before we go, though, I do want to ask you, Brian, what are what are your what's your advice for me getting into Yamacron next year? When do I need to set my alarm so I can get <laughs> into your damn race? Um, early, although we. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we moved it. Are we still doing it at midnight? I can't remember. I think we, we're not anymore. We're doing it at like eight or something. But uh, sometimes it's good to know the race director. Sometimes the race director, there's something called like director's discretion kind of mm. entries that I will put out there every once in a while. Shelly's like wincing. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you, know, um, you can come and volunteer at No Business for 30 hours. Ooh, 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely volunteering gets you perks. I mean, okay. for sure. Like most race directors, yeah. you know, um, you know, and depending on how long you, you volunteer, if you're out, like I, I'll, you get early entry before things, registration opens. before registration opens, um, mm-hmm. discounts on entries, that kind of thing. Cause and it's good information for the, every man out there too, who's wondering, trying to get yeah. into the race. Yeah. So you're saying if the adventure jogger did an aid station out at no business, that would be a good oh, thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. You'd be in good shape. I, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. We have to circle the wagons for that one. Brian, yeah. Shelly, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with me uh, through this head cold where I said race director ringing nine times. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, just sharing your love of the trails and, and talking about race direct uh, directing and just it really, it's been a great conversation for an hour. Yeah, it has been. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. I'm yeah, glad we were, it took us about a month or so to I think do so. this, but I'm glad we were able to finally get it done. <laughs> it finally happened. Finally. No interruptions. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who made it through my stupidity of the head cold. Did you roll your eyes every time I said race directoring? <laughs> is, that, is that a new word? Can we make, can we make it a new word? Uh, I'm going to go take some Sudafed. Uh, take a break and encourage you to go 
to theadventurejogger.com. Back episodes. Listen to that Lindsay Sexton one. That is really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the host. But go check it out, theadventurejogger.com. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Yeah.